Hey, party people. Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, an RPG podcast built for two. I am your host, as always, Jeff Stormer. This week, I am joined by Darcy Ross, who runs me through a wonderful game of Numenera by Monty Cook Games. The first game to use Monty Cook's uh, incredible cipher system, Numenera is science fantasy set a billion years in the future, when Earth has come to be known as the Ninth World. The Ninth World is a place of savagery and sorcery, where long-lost technology from thousands of years ago has become indistinguishable from magic, and wonders and terrors of these old civilizations roam the planet. Heroes scavenge these ancient riches, encounter strange and unusual beasts, and go on epic adventures, exploring this fantastic world around them. It's super cool. I think that you're going to love it, and I think you should check it out. A link to buy the game can be found in the show notes. That said, let's throw it over to me in the past so that he and Darcy can get on with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, past me. This week I am joined by Darcy Ross. Darcy, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, this is going to be great. I'm I'm really excited about this. So, why don't, up top, you um, introduce yourself a little bit, talk about anything you've got going on. I know you're doing some cool stuff with uh, Contessa that I want to talk about. Yeah, uh, so I'm Darcy Ross. Um, I am a big Numenera fangirl, so it's very exciting that I get to run this for you. Um, but in my other... Uh, aspects of my life. I'm a biologist who studies snail shell development, so I study a lot of weird, squicky creatures that I like to put in games. And I also um, I am a staff member of Contessa, which is an organization that um, promotes and uh, highlights women in leadership roles in, gamings, which, in gaming, which includes um, you know everything from game mastering to doing art and game design. Um, and it's been really fun. And so we're gearing up to do our big Gen Con uh, slew of events this year, so I'm really pumped. <laughs> that's super cool. I really, yeah, that's super. It's super cool. You guys, uh, the, there's articles on the site which are really good. I recently read your interview with uh, Caitlin Bell. We featured uh, um, our radios are yeah. dying a few weeks ago. Oh, it's great. Yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> Highly recommended. And you played with Whitney, didn't you? Uh, yes. Yes. Oh man, she's the coolest with, uh, too. Strix. She's super. She's super cool. She's great. She's so good. <laughs> Yeah, that was oh, that was a good episode. I really like that episode. <laughs> yeah, so we're playing Numenera, Monty Cook Games. I'm very excited about it. So, what do we want to talk about with Numenera before we dive in? Anything, anything of note? Well, let's see. I usually have a short spiel, but um, I'm also happy to let you do it. Uh, it's a really cool setting, um, and we won't have much to talk about rules wise before we can jump in. But uh, yeah, Numenera. It's super interesting. It's and feel free to pick uh, anything I, I miss. Feel free to jump in. Um, it's like post, po- it's the ninth world. So it's like post, post, et cetera, et cetera, <laughs> apocalypse. Like it's a post-apocalypse fantasy, but it's so far in the future that it's kind of any hint of the society's past has sort of been washed away and sort of viewed as this like magical thing. Right. And so it's this world of like science, magic, and wonder that's just really interesting, and it takes from a lot of stuff that I, I really already am a big fan of, so I'm really excited about it. Awesome. Cool. So that was a great introduction to Numenera. Uh, the line is usually, you know, I usually, when I'm introducing the setting, I usually uh, sweep my hand across and say, Numenera is Earth a billion years in the future, and that's always uh, an exciting factoid. I love that. I love, I'm really, I'm really all about that. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. But it's this great blend of science and, uh, 
and fantasy because, you know, there's all this tech left over from these gigantic civilizations and they left behind Numenera, the namesake of the game. So a lot of this tech that's so advanced that it seems like magic to current day people are come in the form of Numenera, which are ciphers and oddities and artifacts. They're sort of different bits of cool magical items you can get, which I really love. <laughs> Uh, yeah, one of my favorite tropes in fiction is the idea of is the is that old adage of any sufficiently advanced thing is essentially magic. Oh, so this, so this good. is a setting that really, it really, it, oh, I love it. So cool. All right, so uh, so you're going to be running things this week. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess I should go and might go talk to my character a little bit. Yeah, that would be great. Um, so I am playing Calandra. Calandra is, she is a strong-willed nano who explores dark places. That means is, um, she is a nano, which is someone that uses mystical powers, sort of, um, drawing on that Numenera to sort of do crazy mind stuff. <laughs> um, her background is she was raised by another powerful nano who was, like, I, I, I imagine a great healer. She, uh, her mother helped many people when she lived, and so now she has sort of this sort of expectation of also being this sort of great healer, but that's not really where her heart lies. She kind of, she wants, she's more interested in exploring things and sort of, you know, adventure, going on adventure and sort of exploring these deep, dark caverns and things and stealing artifacts and that kind of stuff. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah, I'm, I'm, real, I'm I'm all about this character. I'm really excited. <laughs> awesome. I'm really excited by her. Um can I ask you what she looks like? The art in the Numenera book is really evocative, so I always like to get some of that visual in there. Yeah, I I think that she is sort of uh lithe. Would probably be the word I I think I envision her as is lithe thin like thin lithe sort of a little wiry. Good for spelunking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think she's got that kind of cave diver's build. Awesome. And I think she's sort of got a lot of tattoos, because I think that if if she's a nano and her mother was a nano, I think that she probably has a lot of the like the visual distinctors, disti distinguishers that she sort of fits into that place in society. Awesome. So I think she's kind of got at least, if nothing else, like a really elaborate sleeve on her arm oh, of like cool. rune tattoos. Yeah. I think she's got red hair. Nice. And she wears, um, she has her adventuring kit, which is just like a back or like a sort of, um, like a messenger bag almost. And she covers that with a big furry cloak. Oh, perfect. Like a half cape. Oh, super cool. Oh, I love that. Um, so Calandra, right? Yes. Excellent. Um, so can you tell me just a little bit more about your mother? Uh, so you said that it, she was a very, you know, well-respected nano who had helped heal a lot of people while she lived. So she's passed away. How long ago was that? Yes. Um, this was recent-ish. Recent enough where the expectation that I would sort of step into her shoes Actually, I'm going to say it was, um, it was recent-ish, but she had been very old for, for a while. Like, she, she, you know, it was, she, she was age, she was getting up in age, and so it was kind of already sort of a thing where people were already starting to look in yeah. my direction. 
Yeah. And I think that from there, so I think that it was still recent-ish, but I think it's been something where I've been fighting with that expectation for a little while. Oh, perfect. Cool. Uh, do you carry like a memento of hers or anything like that? I'm just curious, like, what other cool, weird stuff you have on her. You have a book on the Numenera, which will help you, you know, kind of, if you have to consult something that's weird and tech-related, that can sort of help you out. Is that her book or something, or? Yeah, I think it was. I think that for this village that we come from, I think she was, like, the sort of scholar. Super cool. Yeah, I think she was the scholar, so I think it's... Oh, man. Ooh, maybe. Yeah. Oh, I think that you're, I think we're going to the exact same place. <laughs> They're her notes? Yeah, yeah, I think it's her book. Oh, that's so great. I love it. Oh man. So I so I think that that even though she didn't even though she didn't in life approve of what I do, I think that I still carry her legacy with me in these notes that she took. Uh, and so we're sort of doing the same thing in different ways. Right. Approaching it from different angles. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, awesome. Cool. Well, I was uh, thinking about setting you, setting your your town um, in in the steadfast country, so the relatively, you know, more civilized part of the world of Navarine, and so that's where okay. the amber monolith is, and so it's this giant floating uh, golden monolith thing that's um, really important for sort of the steadfast politics because it's where okay. the the first amber pope, like the first major business nano. Uh, uh, who founded the Aeon Priest, the Aeon Priesthood. Um, okay. that's where he ascended this, you know, legendary monolith. He found a teleporter that took him to this crazy, you know, area and he came back with a bunch of really crazy Numenera that gave him the power to start this whole priesthood of nanos who are major players in, um, sort of the political game of the steadfast and also are major, you know, people who go out seeking really cool high high end Numenera and taking it for themselves. So they're kind of, I, I imagine they're a little, you know, their approach is probably not what your mother would have approved of, since she was sort of, you know, be of the people, hang out with them, yeah, help right. them, you know, and the the priesthood is more like, you know, hoard all the all the Numenera, but. Regardless, since you're in this area, there's there's a lot of crazy ruins and a lot of rumors of ruins that, you know, hold, you know, everyone's hoping for the next amber monolith, right? And so I think that yeah, might yeah, be yeah. that might be where you met like why you met Vester, who's someone you wrote yeah, into the background. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so could you tell me his his deal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vester is a dealer of secrets who um came to our town some time ago. He came and I imagine that being like a dealer of secrets, that's like a, it's so when he rolls into town, like it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. You know, everybody's always wanting the next big scoop and he's happy to deal them out for a price. <laughs> so he rolled into town some time ago while my mother was still alive and he had the promise of, uh, of an artifact that was like hidden that he had just caught in wind of and he couldn't really confirm it was true, but he had like he had heard. And my mother warned me, like, against being, the like, the one to, like, run out and get it, but I did it anyway, and we had a big argument about it. But the important thing is that I proved I could do it. I proved I was good enough to, like, go and do the thing. Super cool. So I really like that. So do you, did you keep the artifact? Did you hawk it? You know, what what happened with it? I think at my mother's insistence, I think at my mother's insistence, I gave it up. 
even though like my first instinct was to keep it as a trophy, I think that uh-huh. like the only way to settle that argument, you know, those arguments you have sometimes where you're just <laughs> like, fine, fine, I'll do the, I will do the thing, even though I, I will follow your, your request to the letter, <laughs> even yeah. though I disagree with the spirit. Yep. <laughs> I think that's exactly how that ended. She like, she was like, you're giving it away. And I was like, fine, I'm going to give it away. But I'm not going to, like, think that it was the right thing to do. Right. I don't agree with you still. Yeah. <laughs> I will do yeah, this. Yeah, we're still fighting. Awesome. <laughs> Super cool. So um, I was going to have this uh, adventure sort of start. I guess this is, you know, the passing of your mother was pretty recent. Um, mm-hmm. But so have you been trying to step up into her footsteps? Or have you been kind of off doing your adventuring and trying to avoid the big responsibility as long as possible. <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's a good question. Cool. Um, you can think about that, but regardless, you get an interesting message from Vester that uh, okay. prompts your return to adventuring one way or another. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think, and I think, I think I've been trying to, I think I've been trying to do both, but really succeeding at neither. Yes. Perfect. That's I great. think that I'm like, I want, you know, cause I, I want to honor my mother, right? Mm-hmm. I want to do the, I'm going to do right by her and by her legacy. But I, but I am who I am and I can't. You're not so her. I'm, I'm at that, yeah, I'm at that weird point where I'm trying to do it both ways and I just haven't figured it out yet. Cool. Well, maybe we'll start with you, uh, Pouring over your mother's notes, trying to, you know, make some salve for a local, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. uh, anesthetic or something, right? And that's when, uh, something snakes up to your feet. And it is, um, a pretty expensive, but not uncommon, uh, device that is a, uh, mechanical snake-like creature. It's sort of elongate. And you've recognized these as, um, you know, people send mess, like important messages, uh, via them. So it sort of had crept into your home and curled up around your leg and was, its little red eyes are sort of bleeping that it has a message for you. I, um, I look around and make sure that like no one is in the room. And then I real excitedly like pick it up and like activate the message. Oh, super cool. So, you know, you press in the little gem, uh, red eyes and the jaw sort of drops out and, um, outpours a, a really small, maybe, um, quarter sized glass sphere with a, an iridescent beetle-like creature scuttling about inside. And what also comes, yeah. And a, a small rolled up piece of, um, parchment that, that has a message on it from Vester. Okay. The message says, Kala, my dear, I, uh, found a device that I believe may open a deeper, untouched area of the ruin where you found, uh, the artifact of which we last spoke. Perhaps this will finally substantiate those rumors of an ancient people with the power to rejuvenate life. I give you this key with the hopes that you will perhaps throw any small favors my way of the the smaller things you find in this ruin, you know, tit for tat. Uh, so I think he's trying to set up uh, a relationship here now that he, he knew that you had gotten the artifact, which, which was kind of a big deal uh, in right, the past. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, oh, that's really, that that's an exciting letter to get. I'm really excited about this, <laughs> especially because like being a healer, like trying to be a healer like my mother, I really get the sense that like if i could substantiate some of those rumors then that would be really helpful if we could sort of find a way to use that 
you'd be able to fulfill both parts of your, your life here. Yeah, that would be so, so great. So really, I mean, if I'm being honest, I, I have to go explore this room. Like this isn't, <laughs> right. This isn't just for me. This is really for everybody. Yeah. It's I for mean, the good of the town. Yeah. Right. This is, uh, so really, um, I don't even think anybody could object if I were to just, I don't know, sneak out, sneak out in the cover of night to just for security's sake. I, that's not because I'm trying to hide from. Right. Right. That's, that's, nobody suggested that. That's. <laughs> Awesome. So I think that's exactly what happens. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So maybe you spend the, the rest of the afternoon sort of packing your bags and getting out your climbing gear or whatever it is that, uh, Calandra, uh, usually packs for these sorts of adventures, you know, dusts off her, her maybe explorer's pack. Yeah. I think that, I think she spends a lot of the day like visiting all of the people that would, that had come to like, like just checking in with all the people that had like asked of her things to specifically yeah. to make sure that like, because I imagine her stuff is already packed and, like, on a coat rack somewhere so that she's just yeah. grabbing and going. Awesome. So she's going to spend the rest of the day just, like, peeking around, making sure that everything is okay so that the minute, the minute, so as soon as she leaves, she can leave with the clearest conscience of, like, everything's under control. Time yeah. to go. Oh, perfect. All right. Well, um, the place you're going is... Uh, you had to dive under into a pond and it, okay. it, it was, it would take you, it's a couple miles away from the town. Um, but you know, it won't take you all night to get to. So if you leave in the cover of night, you'll, it'll still be night when you're coming upon the entrance to the ruin that you found the artifact in before. So, Great. Um, okay. I don't know if it was pitch dark when you tried to enter the pond and get to the, the tunnel beneath it last time, but, uh, it is, pretty creepy and pitch dark now do you want to wait until it's light out again and you have a chance of seeing or take out a glow globe i think i'm gonna i think i'm just gonna yeah oh take out a glow globe and just dive in and because I, I think i'm comfortable with the darkness i think that's a great point yeah of all the people you probably don't even really hesitate at that <laughs> yeah awesome I think I, I think I, I think I get just a little bit excited at the prospect of like diving in with a glow globe. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> cool. So this is not particularly dangerous unless you maybe take too long. So you know that if you sort of dive right down where you think this entrance to the ruin is, you know, nothing's really going to have time to get at you. Um, but why don't you make me a roll to see sort of if any complications come up? So this okay. could be. You know, look at your skills and see if you can think of something that applies. But it's going to be some kind of speed or might roll, I think. Sure, sure, sure. And I would say level, uh, it's a difficulty three. So you'd have okay. to beat a nine or higher without any effort or, uh, assets, you know, like okay. skills and things. I do think this, it probably fits into my training for, um, like searching, listening, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. I am trained in that. So I think I was, yeah. So we'll go with that. I think that's the only one that really fits in with that. And I don't think any of my... Yeah, that makes sense. Let me just look through my uh, ciphers right quick. Oh, yeah. Make sure. Sense of smell. I don't think I'm navigating with my sense of smell, though I could. <laughs> you could. So just for the listeners, ciphers are the kind of commonplace one-shot magic items. Oh, I need to give you an oddity. I almost forgot. Oh, yeah, right. Let me roll these two, you said two percentile dice, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. I got an 83. Okay. And my second roll, 44. 
Okay, so your oddity, which is not a one use, it just tends to be a little small trinket type thing. All right, so it is a hat that disappears when the wearer wishes, but returns in a few hours. <laughs> oh, that's that's amazing. That's pretty great. <laughs> that's pretty great. So you've got Thor's hat. hammer of a of a <laughs> hat. <laughs> all right, I'm in, I'm all in on this hat. Cool. So. Yeah, I think the only skill that I'm going to really apply is my uh, searching and, like, listen, exploring type stuff. Right. And my roll is a 15. Oh my gosh, great. So you rock it. You know, as you're, as you're swimming down with that dim light of the glow globe in this murky pond, you know, you're, you're sort of got your senses up on overdrive, and uh, you feel kind of, you sort of sense, you know, you hear sort of the, the thrum of something with a heartbeat not too far away, and you sort of dive out of the way just as something kind of goes after you, but you totally get to the edge of the uh, the ruin before anything else can really go at your your bright, tempting uh, glow globe. So you you sort of tumble through this circular opening. It's, it leads into kind of a, a big a big hallway um and how you enter it is just by knowing the right spot and there's no there's no wall there's no port or anything it's just kind of a circular opening that you know to go through and it's just where the the water sort of mysteriously stays on the pond side and doesn't flow into the ruin um so this is all pretty old hat but you get into a dry nice comfortable uh hallway um, it's, it's pretty dim, but there's some strange, uh, little, almost like circuitry looking, um, lit up lines along the, the, the walls. So you can kind of see. Yeah. So you've been here before. Um, this is where you found the artifact. Um, and it doesn't look too different now. Um, but you kind of had gone down s- several types of hallways. And when, when, uh, when your, uh, secret keeper, Vester, Vestir, told you that, you know, he has this key to get into the other area of the ruin. You know exactly what he's talking about. So mm-hmm. you had explored this really cool ruin and you found this sweet artifact, but, but this, this ruin had kind of been seen, you know, it had been raided at least once before, you know, in sure, sure, the sure. last few hundred years. Um, but there was this section of the ruin that you could not penetrate. You had, you know, you kind of had even some little explosives. And, uh, they weren't able to really put a dent in this thing. And so it, there's the end of a hallway that this, this region comes to. And it's, it's blocked off by a really big, like three story high, um, circular golden, like door looking thing. I, I don't even know if it's a door, but like a big mural, like a big sculpted golden, you know, end to this hallway, right? Um, and you had, cool. and you couldn't make a dent in this thing. Um, and so he get, he, you know, Vestier seems to think that this little beetle is going to help you get in the door and he didn't tell you how. So what are you going to do? That's, that's, that's Vester for you. I think the first thing that I do is I come through the doorway and I just sort of stand there like, and I, I try to sort of keep it together at first and then I just start laughing because that was fun. I can't deny that that Aww. wasn't fun. Oh man, you're so like I, high on adrenaline right now. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. This is this is so like this is any pretense of this being like there being anything for this 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 job that's not personal yeah. has gone out the window. Now that I've gotten chased <laughs> by a thing and I'm in yeah. a ruin, like this is this is <laughs> this is my vacation. Aw. So I think I'm going to um, 
take a look at the circuitry, like the lights on the wall. Yeah. And then just head down the hallway, depending on if something crazy happens. Yeah, great. Um, so it's not super far. You have to go to get to this other area. But are you trying to pay a lot of it? To, like, you know, are you trying to discern anything from the circuitry on the walls or just kind of watching them? Are you? I think the thing I, I'm trying to discern from them is I'm trying to get a sense of just trying to get a sense of like if they are, I guess, connected to something more tangible than sort of the just Numenera in the air, if that makes sense. Cool. So if they're like linking up to something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, why don't you make me some kind of intellect check and tell me sure. if, um, you know, depending on how long you want to take, like there's there's really no rush. If you want to sit here and take a good look at it, you could probably consult your book too and see if your mom had any notes. I'm not sure if this would be her bag exactly, but. um, I think at least right now, I think I'm going to do this on my own. I think this is this is my this is my moment and i'm gonna i'm gonna keep Perfect. it as such even if it's probably a better idea to check the book uh-huh yeah that's that's totally fair i'm gonna call it a, a level five task to get something okay. really powerful out of this but some of your your skills your training i think might come into play here yeah i definitely think um i'm definitely spending uh, i'd say them two that probably jump to uh Ooh, well, interesting. I'd say the two that jump to, to like looking through my trainings, which I should say out. I should say now, um, I'm trained in resisting mental effects, Ooh. tasks requiring focus and concentration, and then searching, listening, climbing, balancing, and jumping. Those sort of related <laughs> things. So I think that um, in terms of like being able to focus and just like follow the lines of the circuits and things like that. Probably probably ties in, and then my, just like like searching through things. But I also think that like the difficult like my inability to deal with like puzzles and stuff pro might hinder me here as well. Yeah. So because it's puzzles and like lore slash memorizing, you know, I think that might be stuff that kind of should rely on other previous knowledge. Whereas this is just kind of trying to intuit. You okay. Know, something that makes so sense. strange that I don't think it quite applies here. So I think I will just give you, I mean, focus and concentration sounds reasonable. And, um, possibly even the searching sounds kind of, you know, since you're kind of following this circuitry as you're walking down the hallway and trying to, you know, I, I think that might actually come into play. That's what I was thinking as well. Cool. Okay, so I'm gonna yeah, so that dice. takes it down to a level three, which is a nine or higher. And if you wanted okay. to take that down to a two, you could spend some points from your intellect pool and spend effort to try harder on this task. But it's totally I, up I to you. Think, I think that's exactly what I'm going to do. Awesome. So I'm going to spend my three, my three points in intellect. Minus any edge, which is like a discount. So probably just I two. I have an edge of one. So yeah, I'm going to subtract two. Great. So that takes me from an 18 to a 16. So I have 16 points left in intellect. And I am going to... So that's, I have to roll a six or better. Yeah. I rolled seven. Oh, good. <laughs> Excellent use of your, your effort then. Awesome. Cool. So, um, you're sort of, I'm, I'm even imagining you're like almost closing your eyes. Like you're so at home in the dark. Like you're just, you're really relaxed in this, you know, uh, ruin that you've already been in. You know, you're comfortable here. You're excited. You're, you're high on your mm -hmm, own abilities. Mm -hmm. And so you almost close your eyes for a second. And you're kind of touching the circuitry as you walk down the hallway. Um, and as you're doing that, you, uh, 
you feel as you're tracing a single line of the circuitry, you feel you feel yourself sort of like fall to the right, like into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And as you open your eyes and look at your hand, you're holding like a you know the wall has disappeared where that is, and you're holding that that line of glowing circuitry, almost like it's a just a wire now. So you seem to have. Um, you sort of activated some mechanism here. You sort of found the weak point and sort of pressed into a, a little secret compartment. And so you seem to be, um, you're probably still a couple yards away from the, what you thought was the, the area you would need the little beetle for. Um, but mm-hmm. we, you find yourself, you see, a, you find that you've revealed a little alcove of really pristine, untouched, what looks to be some kind of lab almost. There are a lot of, um, oh. translucent, glass and sort of weird translucent synth like it they almost look like art pieces but they seem to have there's an organization to them that based on you know the training with your mother you think can only be (laughs) someone who's doing some kind of scientific study on something um and so yeah so you have access to a number of small there are a lot of vials that you can take and you don't think that you can quite figure out what they do right now but they might be really interesting to check out later when you have time back at your mother's, uh, like little lab. Okay. Well, then I'm going to grab a few vials right now mm-hmm. and just sort of stash them in my, uh, explorer's pack. Awesome. And then take, put my, and then like make a mental note of this for later mm-hmm. in case, because the way I figure it, if I take a few of them, yeah, then if, the rest of this turns out to be sort of a, even if the rest of this turns out to be a bust, I can at least then fill my explorer pack with the rest of them. Uh-huh. But if I find something more, more valuable later, I'm going to want to make sure that I'm not having to like spend time jug, like deciding what to keep. Yeah. So I'm going to grab just like two, maybe two or three of the vials and then turn my attention to the, uh, to the, the, the wall or the doorway. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. So as you, um, as you stash the vials and you, um, sort of step outside of the little alcove, you see that the, the wire that had led, let you enter this little alcove, um, sort of snaps back into place and a solid wall forms again. But you think that you could, you could remember this spot and it could focus on it again to bring, come back. Interesting. I, 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 aside, just a side note, I think it's really, I completely, yeah, I think it's really neat. Um, I agree with you that, that I think the way that she does it is closing, is, I think I close my eyes and feel it because, uh, I have the scan ability. One of my, um, nano abilities is scanning and I get the idea of the room. So I think it's probably the same sort of oh, thing perfect. where even if it's not as like precise yeah. and I'm not getting that perfect 10 by 10 space, I still think I like close my eyes and I can sort of see the things taking shape. Yeah, it's that kind of tendril, psychic tendril you're s- sending out, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's so cool. I, Anyway, oh, I just thought that was thought that was like a, just a neat tie-in. Oh, that's perfect. Thank you for mentioning that. I think that's really smart. Awesome. Um, why don't you make me one quick intellect check just to see if you okay. can kind of get the sense of maybe one of those vials? Um, okay. Just because there are a bunch that probably did different things, but maybe you can figure out one of them real quick. Um, so I'll call it an intellect level two task to sort of okay. figure out the easiestly figure outable one. Sure. Yeah. Um. All right. I got a 12. Okay, awesome. Um, do you have any cool idea for what the vial should be? I can come up with something, but if you have a cool idea, go for it. I think, I think I look at it and I think I can see by the way that they're like, I think there's a liquid inside one of the vials. Cool. And I see some like bubbles in, that are moving in a way that bubbles don't move. 
and uh. like I kind of like turn it. I like turn it upside, or I don't know. Like I do something. Like I fiddle with the bile, and I can tell that the liquid inside, like floats. Oh, cool! Like the liquid is lighter than air. Yeah, awesome. And I think that's that's what at least one of the vials is. And I don't know if it would do. Any, I don't know if it's gonna do anything else. But that's pretty neat. Super cool. Yeah, you think that this, you know, the fact that it's in a little vial suggests that it might be something that does a similar effect when you ingest it, but no guarantees. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so that's really cool. You might, that'd be might be very useful in a lot of weird ways. Perfect. One of mother's lessons is you don't drink something unless you know exactly what it is. <laughs> and you know, I learned it the hard way that she was right on that one. Oh man, totally. Uh, the camera, you know, zooms in on some weird scar that, you know, always undulates on your shoulder or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. So that's the little alcove. So you're, you find yourself faced with this, you know, three story large, um, in diameter, uh, giant golden metal worked door thing. And you have this tiny little quarter sized sphere with a little beetle in it. How are you going to – there's no obvious way to fit this together. So how are you going to go about this? Um, what I want to look – what I want to look for on the sphere is – the first thing I want to do is check the sphere to see if it's like a perfect sphere or if there might be a seam on it. Because I feel like if there's a seam on it, then I might be able to then – I, then I suspect it might have something to do with the beetle and not even so much the sphere. Yeah. But if it's a perfect sphere, then I might have then then I'll then I might have to look around for a place to put it. Cool. So as you run your fingers over the sphere, um, you can feel that like you know when uh, Vestier gave it to you, like he must have dug it from some dirty, you know, <laughs> like it has some dust and dirt on it. Basically, you know, he mm -hmm. kind of stole it from some weird pile. I lick my you, thumb and just give it like the biggest yeah. old shine. I'm like not even worried. Like it like just real getting getting some real spit on there. Just oh, like man. clean this after, thing off. Yeah, after you're like uh you know your your rigorous healer's uh hy hygiene that you've had to keep up. You know mm -hmm. getting back and dirty into the um the ruin uh, lifestyle. Cool. So you give it that shine, and as you run your fingers over it, you can feel that there um it almost feels like there's a little spider web of uh like fracture points so that you think that you know were you to it, it there's a question of whether it used to have a seam and then has just been really stressed over the years or whether it's sort of intended to sort of shatter when needed you know um so you if you try really hard you think you can um possibly open it along that seam but it, it would be pretty difficult um the easier way to get you can get the beetle out if you want, <laughs> if you smash it. But that still doesn't tell you if that'll be the perfect thing to open the door. All right. Well, yeah, then that's good to know. But I'm, I'm going to study the wall to make sure that if I smash this thing, I haven't smashed my one key in. Cool. Um, why don't you give me a roll to, to okay. study it? Um, and I'm going to give you an asset because you sort of, you know, especially with your little alcove trick, you're sort of getting a hang of the way the logic of this magical place works. Like you, you kind of know a little more what to look for, you know, fine lines, little, you know, you know what to scan for kind of to reach out for. Right, right, right. Um, I'm going to call it a, let's say a level five task to like instantly okay. seize on, you know, the best solution here. Um, but I would say, you know, if you're focusing on it, that brings it down to a four because you're trained in that um, searching, you're searching for some kind of sure. input. So that's, um, 
that's a three. And uh, the asset to you just like get this ruin a lot better. <laughs> so it's okay. going to be only a level two for you. Okay. For level two, I'm not going to spend effort, cool. I think. Go for it. Rolled onto my pile of dice, which is <laughs> helpful. The most uneven surface. <laughs> I got a two. I should have spent that. Oh, well, it wouldn't man. have even made a difference. All right. You got a number two, right? I got a number cool. two. All right. So you're having really, you're having a lot of trouble finding the thing, and and what actually happens is you think that what where like you think that you might see a place where this this should fit, but it's it's higher than you can reach. You know, it's it's sort of okay. at the top, and so. Um, you think you see a little uh, indentation where the sphere might actually be supposed to, supposed to fit? Yeah, so that's that's where you think it is. What would you like to do? Um, you are good at climbing, case, but it, it I will am be good tough. at climbing. Mm-hmm. I think what I'm going to do is just to get is I think I want to uh, like set down all of my things along the floor. Sort of make using using all of using my adventure kit and my like I take off my cloak yeah and I make a little like almost like a I guess you I guess it would almost be I'm almost visualizing like a prayer circle of things nice and then I just sort of sit down in it mm-hmm. and like I sit down and I stretch my legs out in front of me and I close my eyes and I'm gonna use my scan ability cool. To get a hang, to get like a handle on if there's anything else in my immediate like ten foot vicinity. Cool. So I'm gonna spend two intellect points. Do I subtract yeah. my edge from that? Or you is do. That just yeah. Two in- so one intellect point. So I have fifteen remaining. And uh, so I'm so I get a hand. I get um, I scan an area equal to a ten foot cube, including all objects or creatures within that area. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm just gonna like scan the general vicinity of where I am at the moment, like of along the wall. Awesome. Um, so as you're sitting there, uh, and you you can kind of tell me like how information comes to you. I'm not exactly sure how this works in in your in Kalandra's sure. head, but. Um, um, one thing you find out is that, you know, as you sort of, I'm thinking your scan gets you a little past the door sort of thing. Okay. And, uh, you, you don't get any specifics, but you get like, you get the, this, um, sense that there are a lot of really active pieces of Numenera humming silently, you know, the, the, the sound is not going through the door, but you can sense as you reach out past the door, tons of pieces of Numenera that are, um, currently very active, um, which is very odd for this, this ruin, you know, it, it really must be as untouched as they said. Um, so you can, you can get that sense. Um, the other thing you find is that since you're on the floor, um, there's actually, there's a hidden mechanism sort of right, right kind of by your left foot. Um, and you think that, you know, if you sort of focus on it and trace a little bit of, uh, that circuitry that's, there's sort of a not glowing, not glowing circuitry. If you sort of trace it, it'll pop it mm-hmm. out. Um, and do you think that that is some kind of mechanism that will help relate to this door? Okay. I think that the way I get this information is like I, uh, I close my eyes and I, I open them. I open essentially my, on my mind's eye and it feels like I open them and I look around and there are, I'm just watching 
multiple versions of myself. Oh, yeah. Like doing exploring things. That's like so somebody cool. is literally like on the other side of the wall, like poking yeah. around, and then I look over and somebody's already fiddling with the the mechanism. Yeah. And like I'm watching, I'm just watching, and I'm, I'm seeing other versions of myself as well. Like somebody's already up the wall and just like waving at me. Yeah. And I'm just like looking around. Oh, that's so cool. Um, yeah, other things you kind of see just as, as fluff is that, um, there are some small, like, little glowy bugs that are kind of around and they seem to be, um, they seem to sort of follow the circuitry and they seem to sort of follow the areas of active Numenera. So they might be actually like, you know, siphoning off energy down here. Sure. Um, but those are other things, you know, you see one version of Calandra pick up a bug and sort of, mm-hmm. you know, she squeezes it a little and some like little energy sparks go off of it and, you know, just entertaining herself. Um, (laughs) cool. Yeah. I think that's exactly, I think that's how, that's how I get information when I scan is I see all the things that I could be doing and I just, I I experience it all at once. Oh, that's so interesting. So the, the, the you that activated this mechanism, you kind of saw that it's this, um, this like, uh, rectangular, um, stack of like, um, little cubes kind of with open edges. So it, it's basically like, you know, uh, like, like a very small, tall shelf that sort of shoots up to the ceiling. And so it's whatever it, it may have been for, um, they're great handholds. Like it's perfect. You can just like scale up the, awesome. the door perfectly. Um, it looks like maybe it was supposed to be some sort of structural thing to like hang stuff in front okay. of, but it's totally unclear what it was for exactly. I mean, all that matters now is that it's a hand. Going to get you there. Like that's so okay. Well, then I'm going to open my eyes and I'm going to stretch and I'm going to like smile and nod and gather up all of my things, put my <laughs> cloak back on. It was chilly. And like, just do the whole ritual. Yeah, yeah. Just do the whole ritual of like putting, gathering my things. And I'm gonna head try to use the um the use the mechanisms and the the handholds to try to scale up the wall. Mm-hmm. Perfect. You do it beautifully. Like I mean, it's not even a challenge. The cloak is billowing behind you beautifully, and you get to the top and you see that little indentation. All right. I'm going to study the indentation. Uh huh. To see if it looks like the indentation is more suited for a sphere or for. A little beetle. Cool. Now that you're up here and you know you can whip out a glow globe really easily, mm-hmm. um, it had looked like it was sort of spherical from the the floor, but that's just because the beetle um, was so small. And it looks like this is, you know, when you really look at that beetle, it's got a couple uh, weird horn bits coming out of several of the segments, okay. and you can see the little indentations where that fine little horn would fit. And so you you do think that it's actually for the beetle. Okay, well, in that case, I'm going to, um, I'm going to, if I can, I'm going to, I'm going to try to pull apart the sphere, like, along the, the spider web, uh, crack marks. Okay, yeah. And if I can't pull it apart successfully, then I'm just going to smash it and <laughs> try to, like, just slot the beetle in there. <laughs> cool. So I'm going to say that it's, it's actually pretty difficult while you're up here to sort of, you know, you're, you're kind of have to deal with these handholds and it's this awkward reach that you have to do. Um, and the, the, the sphere is just pretty tough to open gently. Um, so I'm going to call it, uh, I don't know, a level five task to open it in a way that sort of separates it, separates it, you know, without shattering it. Um, and it's going to be a, 
a speed based, you know, sort of dex- dexterous task, I think. Sure, sure, sure. And I don't think any of my skills are going to really help me out here. Yeah, if you want to spend a few minutes, it might be kind of a focus thing, but it's it might be a little bit of a stretch. <laughs> yeah, I feel like even then, I think it's something it's where tough. I'm like hanging. I'm hanging, right. so I don't even know if I'm going to have my full. Yeah, I think I'm just going to have to smash it. I don't even think I'm going to have to gonna. Cool. You can give it a roll if you like, but no worries if you just want to smash it. <laughs> I think I'm just going to. I think. I think I, I'm hanging there and I'm looking at it and I try to like, yeah. I picture my, I picture holding like a handhold with one hand and trying to get it with my thumb. <laughs> right. And I'm just like, mm, nah, I'm just gonna smash it. Yep. Perfect. Cool. So you, you smash it, um, and the little bits of strange glass, uh, you know, they shatter at first, like kind of normal glass, and then they sort mm-hmm. of flutter away like little bits of paper sort of on the breeze. Oh, um, but you, really but you, cool. but you catch the beetle before it, you know, starts scrabbling away um and it seems to be uh changing its iridescence now that it's out it seems to be getting very feisty um but you know i think you know you were ready for this you smash it into the little handhold mm-hmm. the little uh section um and mm-hmm. as you do you feel your hand um kind of start to pass through this this golden doorway um and you see that the whole thing uh beetle and door sort of turns to this fine golden sand and it all drops below you. So you're kind of up, uh, up three stories high next to nothing now on this oh. precarious little, uh, little, uh, device that you're, you're standing on. Um, but you can see into, uh, a large circular room with lots of crazy Numenera inside. So you made it in. See, this is what I was saying earlier about the, you know, the vials are great. I'm not, not, I'm not knocking the vials. <laughs> exactly. But now I can see inside, and I, the last thing I'm going to want to do right now is unload vials, because you know <laughs> that I'm climbing down this wall as fast as I can. Right, exactly. Cool. I, I think I almost go to jump, like, almost go to, like, just run and Leap. jump, and then I'm like, ooh, ooh, uh, mm. And I, like, go for the rope yeah. out of my bag, and I'm like, all last right, I'm fine. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so um, it's pretty dark in here. It seems like uh, it, it, it's a little bit weird. So you get into this, you know, you scale down. You're you're totally fine. You're safe. Um, as you sort of enter, you see what the previous versions of you during your scan had seen, which is a lot of these sort of strange, lightly glowing, different colored panels that outline. Now you can see a large uh, cylinder-shaped room, and so these panels sort of. Uh, fit the outline all the way across. There's a center pillar that's, uh, it, it's like lightly orange and translucent, um, and sort of far away from all the panels. It's sort of separated a lot. And what you can see when you look up is that it seems to be strong glass, like the whole top, um, is made of this, this material you've seen elsewhere in, Numen- in the ninth world. That's a, a really, a really, um, strong type of clear glass-like um, substance. And so you think that like this might have once been, um, above ground and you could maybe have seen through to the sky here, but now it's covered in, in a, what must be lots and lots of drit, which is the sort of soil and non inorganic, you know, crumbling mm-hmm. of old bits of tech. So you're, you're sort of underground, but you think this tower used to be above ground. Cool. Yeah. So there's a bunch of panels. There are a couple little bugs that sort of skitter as soon as the, uh, door had, turned to sand. And yeah, and so lots of this seems to be working, but none of it's doing anything 
at you at the moment. <laughs> well, that's a relief. You know, yeah. I take my wins where I can get them. Um, mm-hmm. I am going to, um, I guess just like poke around and see what I can find. What I, what like jumps out at me is like, cool. What kind of like the Numenera that jumps, that really jumps out at me. Not, I mean, if something literally were to jump out at me, I'm not going <laughs> to, if I had to, I'll if I had to run from a crazy <laughs> thing, you know, but cool. Yeah. So, um, as you sort of pass around, you know, you've heard of, you know, Vestir had mentioned this rumor of this ruin was supposed to hold, you know, artifacts of this culture that had really mastered the art of healing. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, you had seen some like sketches of, you know, the theories about what the, what the devices might've looked like. And all the rumors say that, you know, it was much larger than what this little room, like this room's kind of big, but it is not, this is not, you know, the end, you think this is feels like an entryway to something bigger uh, is kind of the sense you get. And you think it might have something to do with that central cylinder, whether it's, you know, an elevator or some other kind of, you know, it seems like everything here is a lot, you know, it all seems to kind of hook up to the central cylinder. And some of it seems to be, you know, facing outside, which is now covered by ground. Um, So it looks like it might have been kind of surveillance and then dealing with, this central cylinder. All right. Yeah, I'm going to head. Well, I think the first thing I'm going to do mm-hmm. is this is this is this is the this is a big moment for me. I think I'm going to like look around and I'm just sort of in awe like silently like touching uh, at things. Yeah. And I think this is the moment when I take out the book. Oh. And I like flip to a blank page and I just start like oh doing little gosh. tiny sketches and I'm like, "Okay. All right." Oh, that's beautiful. And then I head towards the cylinder. Oh, that's so cool. I, I love that. Why don't you have two XP? Uh, one okay. for discovering, like, making this big discovery that no one's made in thousands of years uh, into this ruin. And one for, like, this narrative you are now contributing to your mother's work. Like, you finally, you're at the precipice. So, um, And so XP can be used uh, in a long-term campaign for both advancement and for smaller-term like benefits, so you can use it to re-roll any die roll, and I will also be complicating your life with GM intrusions, and so I will try to bribe you with more XP, and you can say, you know, screw off, Darcy, by paying me an XP, and then bad things don't happen to you. Um, <laughs> so, that, so you now have two uh, bits of XP. So, excellent, yeah. excellent, cool. So you you put the book away, and you're checking out this central cylinder, right? Yep. Why don't you give me some kind of um, intellect uh, roll? Okay. And um, yeah, and we'll just see how it goes. Okay. Um, You'll get some information either way. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Should I add skills or just like a just yeah? Straight? Let's have you. Um, so I think this would be probably like focus again. Um, okay. And I'm going to give you an asset because you still think this is sort of of similar make as the circuitry okay. outside. So this orange material seems to glow with just a very gentle light. And so you think that, you know, it's a similar, you kind of get the feel for its nanites ability, right? Cool. So um, it'll be plus two levels, whatever your roll. Okay. I got a 16. Oh my gosh. Oh, super cool. All right. So with a 16 and two levels of, uh, above that, um, you are sort of gently circling the cylinder. You kind of find that it, it has an entrance. So, um, you know, you can gently just sort of touch a little spot of where a bunch of the circuitry meets and it sort of slides open for you like, like brand new. It's beautiful. Um, and you, you take a step in 
And that's when you realize you you kind of have a toe hovered above a, a panel on the floor and you don't touch it because you notice that it has a little bit of a pulse to it. And you're like, oh, that's an alarm. That is alarmed. Like as something about the way it's pulsing, you know, with your scan and your sort of knowledge of maybe the last time you were exploring this ruin, you came across one. You're like, I know what that is. <laughs> okay, so you don't, you don't immediately touch that, um, but it's going to be kind of hard to navigate around. The other thing you notice is that there seem to be, you know, you can look at the panel on the inside of the the orange cylinder, and you think it's some kind of like either, you know, elevator activator or, um, you know, it'll somehow move you from here to like the rest of the ruin. And you think there are mm-hmm. two major buttons that you think one of them has to be the right one <laughs> to sort of activate this and take you to the other place, but you're not sure which one. Even with your 16. Right, right, right. It's just really, you know, without experimentation, it's a little too hard. Okay. Well, now, can I get to the buttons without touching the alarm, or is it going to be something where I have to, like, traipse over it just right? I I think you have to traipse over it just right, but now that you know it's there, as long as you're not pressed for time, you can take your time about it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do, is I'm going to real slowly and real carefully, never taking my eye off of the thing. Yeah. Cool. Like, go for the, like, step over it. Awesome. So there's, um, you know, one of the buttons is sort of, uh, like, egg-shaped, and uh, it's got kind of a pearly sheen to it. And the other button is, like, looks exactly like that, but it's kind of a darker pearly sheen. And Mm. you just can, nothing about your intuition has taken, you know, can give you, uh, currently give you an intuition about this. Right, right, right. Um, Well... (laughs) <laughs> I I think I look at the I look at the book and I can almost hear hear my mother be like be like be you know be rational don't make impulsive decisions <laughs> yeah and I, I I look at the book for a long time and I hear her say this and I look up and I go only one way to find out and I just jam the darker button awesome so you jam the darker button and you hear a bunch of alarms go off <laughs> and, I tried. yeah yeah and so so a bunch of alarms are going off like the place kind of lights up around you um but there's some sort of rumbling beneath you it does seem like it's it, it slammed the door behind you um so you're, so you're in there but it doesn't seem to be moving you it just seems to be like a lot of weird little um mechanical creatures are sort of coming out of the paneling outside and they're sort of they look kind of Menacing. All right. Yeah. Are you going to try the other button? <laughs> uh, yeah. I know. I don't. I. Well, I. I think the. I think I say the exact same thing. I think I go. Well, only one other way to find <laughs> out, and I jam the other button. Perfect. Cool. So things are like kind of going to total chaos there as you leave, but you you jam that other button, the light pearly one, and you feel yourself um sort of go fuzzy, go kind of immediately. You know, sort of the your vision goes, your hearing goes. And you just kind of feel warm and fuzzy inside, and there's no intake of sensation. Um, cool. And then you wake up in a dark and very enclosed, very moist space. There's like stuff mm. kind of goop all around you. Um, mm. You seem to be in some kind of enclosed thing. <laughs> um, are uh, like how much mobility do I have? I think that's the first thing I'm going to try to figure out is like try to move my arms. Yeah, and you can move, move your my arms. Legs around. You can move your legs, but you you're kind of in a like straight position, and you couldn't really bring your knees to your chest. So there's some movement, but.
but it seems to be okay. in this elongated bubble. Um, okay. If you reach out and touch it, it feels kind of fleshy and it gives a little bit. So you could probably like bust out of this if you want, or you can try to figure out a better way. You can breathe. You, you, you don't know how you're breathing because you're in this kind of fluidy, weird space, but you're not sure. suffocating. <laughs> um, I think what I'm going to do is I think that with if, oh, this actually, this is, this is perfect. Ooh. Aha. Uh-huh. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna reach into my adventuring kit. Yeah. Reach into my explorer's pack and pull out my electronic nose. Mmm. And I'm gonna fix it to my nose. Awesome. Like a clip-on nose ring, because if it, there's a bunch of like goop yeah. and it's moist and I'm in some sort of a bubble, I want to get a sense of like what's around me. And I know that the the nose will let me do that because it enhances my sense of smell, which allows me to detect odor signatures of various biological, biochemical, and chemical compounds. Awesome. Cool. All right. So you activate this, you know, within the the little sludgy pod, you activate this uh, impressive magical nose ring. Um, And I'm almost thinking it gives you like kind of the, the effect that like they usually give like daredevil, right? Where like yeah, yeah, yeah. you kind of have the equivalent of like echolocation with smells. Um, so you're, you can sort of get a sense of distance. And so outside of the pod, you know that there are multiple signatures of these other pods, whatever, whatever you're in, there are several of them sort of in a circle around you. Um, you're, you're one of them. And then there seems to be like a lot of crazy, lush like plant-like scents coming down um to your like from one direction and then from the other direction um you get the sense that um there's like a lot of smells like char and uh like really destroyed chemically burned smells are coming from like your right basically um and it's it smells like really terrible from that direction like it seems like there's a lot of like crazy organic compounds that are not fun to go next to. So like one direction, it's like supercharged and destroyed. The other direction, you can kind of smell this lush, almost like forest-like sense. And you can also, you get these little blips of like, there's, there are like, there are animal life here, but not very much. And it seems to be, you know, it doesn't have, it seems to be like there are very furtive, but big animals around. Okay. I'm going, okay. So then what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and, uh, I suppose I should. Okay, yeah, I think exa- I know exactly what's what what I do. Mm-hmm. I think I go to like punch through this bubble. Awesome. And I think I almost do it, and then I stop. And this time, I do listen to the voice <laughs> in my head that's like, "No, it don't make impulsive decisions." <laughs> what did we learn? <laughs> okay, what did we? No, not this time. No impulse this time. And I think I'm gonna like feel it out. Cool. F- like just sort of like padded around the side of it specifically on the side of it towards like the sweet floral yeah absolutely um so as you kind of run your hands over it and and give it you know more than a moment um you can feel like a little puckered uh seam along it and sort of as you kind of work your fingers there a little bit it unfurls really nice and neatly like much more neatly than this sack of weird sludge would have right. suggested and sort of, you know, folds back like beautiful, you know, parchment, you know, like a scroll almost. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and, and you find yourself, you know, taking a breath of actual fresh air, <laughs> um, and all the smells that you had smelled before come on way stronger. Um, but now you have, you know, light and what you see as you open your eyes here is that, um, you're in this, uh, like, 
rectangular room where uh, gravity is not quite right. Like down is not a straight floor. It seems like you're in this rectangular room, but gravity is slightly offset so that you're you're kind of what what would be the floor is on an angle. Um, okay. And then what would be, you think, like probably a wall or maybe a ceiling, um, sort of what is functionally a wall now uh, far away from you, one of those is completely uh, see-through, and you can see that you're looking out into space. Oh. There, <laughs> there's clearly some kind of planet sort of slowly rotating uh, outside, among other things. But you're in this big room. Uh, as you kind of look to your right, you see there's like what looks like it – there a hallway that would extend with maybe some you know rooms coming off and it is just trashed. There's like uh like lots of charring and like scratches um uh along that wall and it seems like there's some kind of like security door type thing that had gone down and is still like messed up but like you, there's really no getting through it. It looks like some kind of total lockdown. Um okay. and then to the left you have a reasonable hallway that however angled improperly um and it seems like that one of those that clear wall kind of extends all the way along the hallway um there's lots of other stuff around like lots of kind of debris and um weird bits of lots of used numenera like this does not seem like it held up well during whatever sort of destruction had happened to it um but there's a there's sort of a pile of um little metallic coins kind of by your feet um, is, is one of the things you notice that seems less destroyed. Um, yeah. So do you like get up and get the sledge off or? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, without, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, I think most, most of the sludge, <laughs> I get most of the sludge off. Cool. You find that like, I leave a, yeah. a little bit on because it, you know, feels like an adventure, Under your right? your eyes, you know, give you that. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of war paint. Cool. Um, I'm going to offer you a GM intrusion. Okay. Uh, so Normally in a game, I would offer you two XP and you'd keep one and give one to a partner, but we're, we're soloing this adventure, party of one. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to offer you one and you'd have to pay me one to deny it. Um, this, a lot of times I'll tell you what it's going to be. This one I'm not going to tell you. Uh, I think I'm going to accept the intrusion. Cool. So have an XP. Um, right. and so as you're wiping off some of the sludge, um, you kind of are, you know, maybe getting some like big chunk off your feet. And you can see in the reflection of the sort of glassy, um, greenish, uh, pod that you were in. It's sort of reflective in the, in the light. Um, you see that there's a, a large figure behind you, um, as you're reaching down to your boot. It's a, it's much taller than you. And it's got like, it's kind of looks like it's in a big black cloak, but where a face would be is a giant red orb. Ooh. Okay. Interesting. Um, and when you look, it's not there. Oh. Oh, okay. Um, so your scent didn't didn't tell you anything, but who knows if sure. a thing like that would even scent. Right. And it's not when I you said when I turn around I don't see Correct. it. But I see it in the reflection. But then you look back at the reflection and it's there. And then you look back and you look back at the reflection and it's not there. Uh, <laughs> oh. Um I think Okay. So I've That's a, all for a, now. <laughs> a, a quick rules question mm-hmm. just for uh just for just so I can understand make sure oh, that yeah. I know I I do this flavor correctly. Uh my hedge magic, yeah. which is just small tricks, costs one intellect point, but I have an edge of so one. Does that mean that it is so then I think what I do is I look and this thing is behind me 
and I turn to face it, and it's not there. And I have like a handful of sludge yeah. like in my hand that I've been, and I do my hedge magic, and I like open my hand real quick, and it's just gone. To be like, haha, <laughs> and then I just book it down that open hall. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> excellent. And I, yeah, I pause for just long enough to be like, haha, <laughs> super cool. Wink. Awesome. So you book it down the hallway. That's great. So uh, it it doesn't respond quite yet. So um, so you're booking down the hallway, um, and you know it's a pretty long hallway. You can still smell that lush thing, but it's it's like gonna take you several minutes to sort of get there, even if you're kind of jogging. Like it's this really long uh, building thing you're in, and it's still on its side. So you find yourself kind of running, and then you have to like you have to like run back uphill to like mm-hmm. you know as you're kind of getting winded a little bit, and right. you know you're seeing weird things outside like you know there's sort of the vastness of space when you put your face up to that glass and it looks like there's some kind of lush planet sort of rotating below you but it's i don't think that you would necessarily know what your planet looks like from space in the numenera world so it's a little hard to tell um but it is some planet that is probably could be inhabited um there's also you know an occasional pod of like these cetacean looking things that are must be really insanely big um but they're also they're like two-dimensional so they sort of you can see them when they are you know facing one way but as they sort of undulate they sort of pass out of your ability to visualize them and there's a giant giant what you thought was like you know that's no moon right you thought it was like a little Mm -hmm. like uh small smaller planet it's actually a humanoid like some kind of giant humanoid with very ridgy bits on its body, sort of curled up in the fetal position, just hanging out in space. So all that's happening, just to give you weird Numenera in space business. I think I think I'm definitely like running, but like I've got the book in my hand, and I'm like literally yeah. like half. They're, you, they're not. They're not even going to be legible to anybody except me. Uh-huh. But I'm writing. I'm like scribbling down notes as I run, like. Like, oh, gotta make sure I remember, oh, uh, I hope I can read that later. <laughs> and I'm just still, like, making my way. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. So, um, you eventually, you know, you, you pass a couple, well, let me ask, are you trying to check out what you see as you go? Are you trying to just get to that, like, lush area? Where are you at? Uh, I think I'm checking out things as I cool. go. I think that, I think that the strangeness of where I'm at has sort of overtaken even my my fear at this large <laughs> thing thing that's not there. Awesome, cool. So um, you know, you're you, you booked it for a while, and then you sort of like as you realize you're not being followed, you know, you're kind of taking your time a little more and sort of looking at what, what's around. So um, you know, at one point the hallway kind of opens up into a a bigger room that that seems to have um weird murals on it. Um, you would call them murals, but it's really hard to like depict. It's really hard to tell what it's supposed to be depicting. It's kind of swirly. Okay. Um, it looks like there's some, you know, there is a progression to it, but it's like either, either it's some kind of really odd writing or just, you know, abstract art or something. It's just, it, there's nothing, um, symbolic in it, but you do notice that there's a, a spider about the size of maybe two, two large men sort of hanging out up up in the top corner of the room and it's looking at you with a lot of like little blue green eyes um and it's not attacking but it's just watching you and sort of uh fussing with its chelicery I think I'm just I'm going to look up at it and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to pull back out the book and just look just lock eyes with it Yeah and just start like doodling it Cool 
keeping an eye on it as it keeps an eye on me. Yeah, it's happy like, to do that. Like, stopping in my tracks and just sort of, like, taking notes awesome. on it. If you stay still for a bit, um, you do see that, like, a little, what you would call, like, a spinneret, you know, the thing that mm-hmm. gets all the, the webbing out, um, it's, mm-hmm. you, it sort of takes it out, and you can see that it's actually draping bits of colored material, and it's adding to this mural. So it's sort of working, actively adding to this uh, strange... <laughs> uh, like swirly art piece that you're seeing. Um, and it's just sort of quietly going to do that if you're not going to move very fast. Uh, yeah, I think for at least for a little bit, I'm just going to stand there and like watch it work cool. and like doodle it. Awesome. And sort of just as I'm, I'm walking by, I just, I think the only, th- I think I say exactly one thing as I'm like walking by and I'm just like, it's lovely. Oh, oh, uh, there's sort of like a, you know, the equivalent of blushing with Chilisuri. It's sort of like like fussy, like <laughs> adorably chittering to itself. Um, <clears throat> awesome. So, so as you've sat there for a bit, you do hear something sort of clicking quietly down the hallway from where you came um, after you. Um, and you hear kind of like a huff, like um, like something's getting winded as it's trying to like come your way. I think. And you, your smell is still active and it's not organic. Um, you don't think? Okay. It smells like something metallicish. I think I'm going to. Is there somewhere somewhere I can like duck behind a corner or something and sort of peek out to see what's back there if I see anything? For someone who explores dark places, absolutely. <laughs> like you then, know, you've okay, definitely yeah, then, identified um, you know a, like a bit of a an overhang of the wall or something, or maybe even you figured out that this mural can be peeled back and you can kind of hide behind it or something. You tell me, but you definitely get cover. Uh, yeah, I think I, I think I definitely like peel back the mirror just a, or peel back the mural just a little bit, and I kind of peek up to the spider, right. and it peeks back at me, and I'm like, you have an understanding. <laughs> all right, awesome. Yeah, so this, um, you know, you you're well hidden just because this is your shtick. This is not hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what you see kind of coming down the hallway is uh, what looks like about like a like a dog terrier sized creature, um, and it's it's some sort of automaton. It's basically like a like a millipede that's standing up on two, you know, a couple of bigger back legs. So it's kind of millipedish. It's got a lot of little appendages. Um, it it looks like it it is related to those coins you saw at your feet um, over by the the pod that you arrived in. Um, it seems to be made of that material, um, and it seems to be um, humming to itself and like steepling its its top face you know, it's top appendages to itself and it seems to be fretting. Um, it seems to have kind of a, like a face, like more, more of an expressive face than you usually get with, um, millipedes. It almost looks, if not quite humanoid, it, it's got bigger eyes and kind of a more defined mouth. And it seems to be saying to itself, um, ho-hum, ho-hum. Oh dear. <laughs> I almost against my almost against my hardened survivalist instincts, I'm going to come out from behind from behind the mural and just peek out and sort of like real tentatively just are you looking for me? Um, so you scare the daylights out of this poor creature as you kind of come up behind it and and you can see that uh, so, so it turns around and it's got this very expressive face with, you know, the equivalent of little millipede eyebrows. Um, and it sort of like throws its appendages back in, in shock and it turns toward you and says, 
Oh, why, why, mistress, you've given me quite a scare. Ah, uh, welcome back. And it sort of scuttles up to you, um, and, uh, it tries to kind of like shake your hand with, you know, about ten little appendages at a time. I don't know if you're gonna let it shake your hand, but that's what it seems to be reaching out to do. I, I'll shake its, I'll shake its hand with my hands. Cool, yeah. Or vice versa. Yeah, I mean, your, your hardened survival skills tell you that this thing probably couldn't hurt you if it tried. Um, it's, it's got yeah. little dinky appendages. Um, although things are not always what they seem. So, uh, but this creature says, uh, welcome back, mistress. I've been keeping a watchful eye stock on the Habitaplex during your absence, and I'm pleased to say that your peacekeeping infrastructure has held stupendously. Why, we haven't had a report of theft in over 3,000 years. And it chuckles to itself really cutely. But as you always say, never settle for good enough. Uh, what will be, we be doing today, mistress? And it sort of like looks up at you, hopefully. Um... <laughs> I believe, I believe we will be, I, I'm going to have to level with you. I think that you have me mistaken for someone. As much as I would like to bluff this thing, I, I don't know that I have the lie in me, if I'm being honest. You see uh, two eye stalks sort of telescope out toward you and sort of, you know, look at you more thoroughly. And uh, a couple of appendages come out and sort of tap you, uh, sort of chemically figuring out what you are. And it says, uh... Uh, well, mistress, I'm, I'm afraid, uh, it must be you who's mistaken. It has been a long time, but, but surely, surely you're the, the keeper of the Habitaplex. I mean, you were the one who was going to, you said you would come back and you're here. Uh, I, I'm, I, I think you must have maybe had a bad trip through the, uh, the teleportation pods. Oh dear. Do you need, uh, do you need the healing pods, mistress? No, I certainly don't need the healing pods. Oh, well, perhaps later. <laughs> um, I think what I might need is, I think I have to go back out. Well, well, surely you, you won't miss. I mean, there's so much maintenance that needs to be done. You, you love it here. You're leaving so soon? Unfortunately, I feel I must. There is, uh, too much to do outside. Hmm. I see. I, I promise it will be a short excursion outside. Oh, well. Not near near as long as last time. Of course. And you've done such a good, and you've done such a good job of maintaining it. Oh, cute. It, it like frills some of its little segments, like puffs up with pleasure. Well, uh, you know, you know, you always told me that you didn't, uh, that you felt confident that, uh, Nioxyl would be, uh, a, a perfect keeper of the Habitaplex while you were away. And I do have to say, you know, it, it, it is running better than, than I would have hoped with you gone. Uh, so it sort of gestures to itself, itself when it said Nioxyl. It seems to be its name. Uh, he says, well, um, there are of course several options to going back, uh, or going wherever it is you're, you're going. There are the Nightcraft docks or, uh, there, there are the rather dodgy teleportation, uh, pods over there in that direction as well. Uh, where is it you're trying to go, mistress? I believe I'm going to the observation deck. Mm. Oh, of course. Oh, we can go there easily. The, uh, the tubes are down. I, I do apologize. The faster we'll have to walk it, but, um, it's just at the end of this hallway. Let, let's go. Wonderful. I, I follow behind Nioxel. Okay, cool. So, um, as you're going, uh, you kind of, you guys kind of come upon the, um, this really lush area. Which seems to be like, like a big kind of greenhousey thing. And so it's got, uh, this section sort of breaks open into, uh, kind of like if you're going to look at 
um, you're getting a sense of like the outside structure of this thing. And it's basically like a big, long rectangle um, that you're walking along the long axis of in this hallway that has one face outside. And then as you get to this lush area, it seems to break open into a big uh, sphere that's sort of placed in the center of this big, long rectangular building. Um, And so it's like a, a little bubble that you can like look out everywhere from. And so the hallway kind of just continues through the center of it too, but um, it's got little paths that can take you to this whole crazy jungle and gravity seems to be doing even weirder things here, but you can go check it out or you can stay on the path and gravity does relatively sensible things and you can go up um, toward the, like she seems to be taking you to, um, or this creature seems to be taking you to uh, kind of like the farthest end of this hallway, like maybe where command might be or something, you know? I think I'm going to stay in, I think I'm going to, uh, take some notes. Yeah. And then stay on the, stay on the path. Super cool. Okay. Yeah. Are you also like keeping an eye out for bits of ciphers that you want to like, you know, pull off? I mean, there's like stuff everywhere if you wanted to spend time on it, but it's up to you. Yes. I was thinking of, I was specifically when you mentioned like the greenhousey, yeah. area, like the, the greenhousey stuff, I was thinking of, uh, like plucking looking for like a small flower or something that I could like pluck and essentially append to my oh, cloak so cool. that I would have like a thing that I, when I back. would come home, I could point to. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Cool. So there are, uh, some, Oh, I should have asked, I should have asked for, I should have asked if I could take a piece of mural, but that probably would have made it mad. Ah, it might've been kind of rough. Maybe you got like a little yeah. piece of it on you when you were hiding, but, but okay. you know, it's just like a little flake of it. So you kind of got like the material, little, yeah. but you know, it's not much of a okay. big piece. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I wouldn't want to upset it anyway. Right. <laughs> you guys had an understanding. Um, yeah. Awesome. So there's a particular mound that ha- seems to have a really, really interesting diversity of flowers on it. it. It's a little like, a little like, like watermelon sized little hump that seems to have some like moss and then a bunch of really interestingly swaying different kinds of flowers. And so that, that kind of caught your eye. So you're just going to go pick one of them or pick a couple. Um, I think I'm just going to pick one. Cool. Um, so I'm going to GM intrude you if you want to accept okay. it. And you, you can or not, but what you realize is that as you're reaching down, two, uh, and then three, and then four little arms sort of click out at you angrily out from underneath the, the mound. And there seems to be, this seems to be the back of, uh, some kind of creature with a lot of little eyes, kind of crustacean looking like a crab or something. And, uh, what you notice is as it sort of rears up at you, there's like some piece of machinery that it's using as a little house. And that's sort of overgrown with these flowers and mounds so that it's, it's little, uh, it's little disguise. And so it seems to so click angrily at you. Mm-hmm. Then I think, I think in that case, I'm going to spend one of my XP. Cool. I'm going to, uh, once it like rears up at me, I kind of like rear back as well. I'm like, awesome. oh, ah, yeah. all right. And then I'm just like, I'm like def- definitely still noting things and I've probably filled a few different pages. Oh, cool. Point. Yeah. Cool. So you, you definitely like easily calm this creature down. Uh, do you want to make me a quick intellect check to see if you know what this might be? Yeah, sure. Cause this is actually something from the ninth world. Yeah, sure. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, like flip. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you if yeah. I can justify um justify um using the book on on Numenera as a like a thing yeah or a benefit here. So a lot of times I um when I'm in a campaign I'll like you know have a book on some subset of Numenera, but right now I think it's really cool to just have it narratively be like your mom's thing. 
right? Mm-hmm. And so my question to you would be, did she used to be like kind of an adventurer in her old older days? And like, was she, or she, was she kind of a naturalist as well? Oh my, oh my gosh, she was absolutely an yeah, adventurer think, in the old yeah. days, so though. Like, so I think she would have come across one of these. Like it's in the early pages. It's like some of the really old stuff, you know, before oh, she... Oh, and I bet this is... Yeah. I bet this is the moment that I realize it. Like, I look, yeah. and there's definitely, like, a real similar sketch, and I'm like... And I'm, like, looking at this oh. sketch, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, because you haven't looked at the whole thing yet, because it's been too emotional. Yeah. Awesome. I love that. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Oh, perfect. I really love that. So, um, okay. this is a Calyptrian crab, and uh, they tend to... There are these this suite of organisms that uh, hollow out ciphers a lot of the time um, and sort of live inside them. And so they can be really dangerous because occasionally they'll activate the cipher if they get, you know, in sort of a scrabble. Um, but you totally calmed it down and are sort of able to like flesh out some of her notes. It's really great. Awesome. I love that. Cool. So um, the uh, little Nioxyl is sort of steepling his little millipede fingers he seems like you know just sort of over energetic now that you're here Uh um but he'll let you uh hang out at the conservatorium as he calls it um as long as you like okay now is this um similar to the place where i was or what do you mean uh i guess um i'm i'm trying to figure out if i can get it to take me get it to take me to a place where i can get back oh interesting to where I started, um, under the guise of under the guise of needing to leave. Right. Again. Good question. Um, so maybe you can like be conversing with him over this. Sure. And so it sounds like he's not he's not great with um, directions, but mm-hmm. he said you know it, it, you basically um, he sort of like sniffs at you a bit as you're kind of talking about going to a very particular place. You were just there. You need to kind of go back and get this thing before you can come back to the Habitaplex. Right. Um, and so he sort of sniffs at you and he notes, um, well, you're, you're carrying quite a lot of, uh, quite a lot of traces. I'm sure one of the, um, the teleporters could lock onto your scent and, you know, locate it. There seems to be some rare minerals. I believe it, it smells familiar. I think we should have something for you. Oh, I do also note that you have, um, the, uh, uh, biological material of several other organisms. Were you hoping to uh, rejuvenate any of them? Oh, um, no, I don't think that's uh, necessary at the moment. Um. <laughs> okay, cool. He's just sort of, he sniffs at your book a lot, and there seems to be, he sniffs at the book and, um, you know, some of the, like, that material of the mural that seems to have, mm-hmm. it's a, he's sort of just identifying that you have bits of other other beings right. on you. <laughs> It's been a, it's been quite a day. Oh, of course, mistress. You must be exhausted. Uh, pardon my interruption. <laughs> of course, of course. No, I just I know that there's much more. I have much more I need to get done before I can rest. So, <sighs> if I can get to these teleporters and be on my way, and I I I, I look at Neoxel real deep and I say I will be on my way and I will return. Um, you 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 like visibly see some anxiety sort of go out of him. Um, and he, he like chills out a little bit after you sort of reassure him that you'll be back. Uh, yes, yes, of course you would, mistress. Of course. <laughs> yeah. He's very cute. This lone guardian of this epic ship. Cool. So after you're done sketching it, I mean, there's lots more that you could spend mm-hmm. time in this place, but it would just, you'd have to be going out on all these overgrown, um, little side passages. So if you're trying to get right, to the- and I- 
Yeah, I think I want to get to the teleporter and then um, just make as make as many take as many notes as I can as I'm walking cool. because I really do intend on coming awesome, back. Yeah. So I think just making notes of things for now and as, almost as things to like follow up on. Yeah, perfect. Oh, that's great. So you can definitely do that. So you pass by some other small rooms and like it looks like some of the rooms, um, some of like the directions you could have taken off of this main thoroughfare have that weird charring on them as well. Like, you know, something destructive came through here at some point. Um, it doesn't, you know, you don't seem to see it now. But, at, at, you know, after after maybe like an hour of walking, if you're taking your time, uh, Nyoxel does eventually say, all right, mistress, we're, we're at the Nightcraft dock. Uh, I hope, uh, I hope this hasn't been too rough on your, your physique. Um, there are the healing pods nearby and of course the teleporter, uh, pads. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nyoxel. I, I don't know what I would do without you. <laughs> um, lots of fluffing and happiness, uh, mm-hmm. to, oh, you know, gone back to the sort of happy humming. Um, and it seems to be sort of booting up some of the teleporter pads. Um, but what you see here is that this seems to be, um, this is a rectangular room. Uh, and it sort of juts off of the main, like, long rectangle of this, uh, bigger structure. And so it seems to be, like, jutting out of the, like, the long structure. And, um, it's, it's glass on a lot, on everything but the floor right now. But one of the glass walls looks like it, there isn't even glass there. It looks like you're looking out into space, but that's clearly not happening because you're not decompressing. Right. But it, it seems to be like that maybe where is where like maybe ships come in and out and you see two fairly derelict looking, I guess you would call them vehicles. They're kind of these feathery, dark, matte, matte like objects. They, um, they seem to have like a, a central oval that could fit maybe, maybe like four humans a little, little squeezed. And it has a lot of, um, like veins coming off of it that almost look like mechanical feathers. Um, and one of them looks like charred all to heck. And the other one looks like it's a little battered, but it might be functional. So they seem to be some kind of like theoretically spaceship since this is some kind of docking. Um, and then along the, uh, the wall sort of away from the vacuum of space, there's, um, like four or five, um, there, I guess there's, there's probably four like still standing teleporter pads, which look a lot like the one you saw, the orange one you saw before you got here. Um, and there seems to be like a panel, like one major panel that kind of controls all of those guys and Nyoxel is off there booting it, booting it up. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go, um, wait on the panel, I suppose. Cool. <clears throat> yeah. So he's, he's trying to boot it up and he seems to be struggling a bit. So, uh, well, in that case, I'm going to go <laughs> over and like, see if I can yeah, help him. He basically like gets the power on, um, but like he seems to be like struggling to remember any of the other things. Uh, so why don't you give me some kind of intellect check to? Okay. To- uh, I'm going to spend some time. Like I'm going to yeah, really try cool. to as understand it as much as possible. Awesome. And I'm definitely going to um, spend an effort on it. Cool. Really, really get as much of this out of this as I can. Awesome. So uh, I think it's probably like a level six to like get it to the point where it like probably has a good idea of where you're actually trying to Mm go. I I think that's a six with his help because like he vaguely knows how it works. So it's not like totally unintelligible, but it's so hard. Um, So you're spending time on it, which is takes it down to, you know, a five with your keen ability to focus. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. What else do you think would come into play here? 
Uh, I'm going to spend one effort. Uh-huh. Since I have an effort of one, so I can only spend correct. one, correct? Yep. So yeah, I'm going to spend the one effort on it to drop it down to a four. You got it. And I think that's it. Yeah. Um, the only thing I think is that if you wanted to um, sacrifice your nose cipher, there might be a way to like kind of help hook it up and sort of amplify your own um, the residues on you on you. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'll, so if you I'll, I'll if you that. like totally sacrifice that, you can't smell really well anymore. You can take it down to a three. Yeah, I I think I I think I I can make that. I think getting home is important to me at this point. <laughs> Fair. So I think cool. Yeah. Um, so it's a three now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thirteen. Okay. Awesome. Perfect. All right. So a- after a while, there's this um, there's this sort of like hologram thing that it seems to be resolving as you kind of input more of the the sort of um, debris off of you into it and sort of amp it up with this nose thing, um, and it's sort of showing you a little like hollow of where it's trying to put you. You think. Um, and so it sort of resolves a little better and it, it seems to let you scan a couple times. Like it, it's letting you sort of scan with your hand, like, okay, it's narrowed down to this general hundred mile region. <laughs> um, and so you can kind of drag it around where you want to end up. And so it's, okay. it's actually like a really valuable overhead site of like, of your country, right. which maybe gives you some other helpful information. Um, but and it oh, seems I'm definitely to be gonna modern, take a few. But it's a little I'm gonna take a few moments of like just like sketching out like the map. Oh, cool! Yeah, stuff like anything that like stands out to me. Mm-hmm. Just like real quickly taking a, like a two-page spread of just like noting things awesome. on the map, Super and then cool. I'm gonna zoom in. I'm gonna try to zoom in not on the site where I was, but on like home essentially. Yeah, cool. To like really specifically narrow it in and just be like, be like I was I I was doing work. Here, if we can drop me here, that would be incredibly helpful. Nyoxel's like, of, of course, mom, of course. Uh, and uh, sort of as you're as you're working that out, you start to feel a really heavy like thump against the whole like structure. Like it seems like it got hit by something, and you you feel yourself like kind of tumble over a bit. And Nyoxel looks really panicked. Um, and you can see, since you have a really good view outside, that big freaky humanoid seems to be no. like reaching out and kind of like poking at your your structure and sort of it seems to be squinting its eyes and sort of looking in your direction. Nioxyl, is this has this been damaging the habitaplex? Uh he says, um, you know, oh mistress, thump. I it had been sleeping for so long, I I had hoped it wouldn't uh I'd hoped it wouldn't wake and uh upset upset the habitaplex again, but it seems to be our movements have uh, stirred it. It's not. It's not what did the the fiery damage that was a, a raid many hundreds of years ago, but uh, it has um, severely destroyed the back end of the habitaplex. I think it's either reacting to you or to the both of us. Um, you should. You should go now. Perhaps if you leave, it will go back and rest. A thump. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna look at Nyoxel and just, my friend. I have one offer for you. <laughs> If you, if you would like, would you like to come with me? Um, it, it rings its little many appendages. Um, and there's one more thump and he sort of like, like runs up and sort of like hugs at your leg. And it says, uh, if, if I leave, no one will be able to take care of this. Uh, I'll, I'll wait your return. I'll, I'll see if I can then shut I, the, the energy down after you leave. Then, 
do do exactly that, and I shall return post haste. Okay. And I move towards the teleporter. Awesome, cool. So it it like kind of rushes you into it, and uh, is you know sort of like tapping away to sort of activate the teleportation for you. Um, and it looks longingly back at you. I give it a salute. Awesome. And then uh, you do see sort of just as you're teleporting away, just before your consciousness fades, that uh, that red-orbed creature um, sort of appears right in front of the teleportation pod, like right up in your face as you're passing out. So it reappeared. Okay. <laughs> cool. So you feel yourself like go out of consciousness and you uh, tell me where exactly in home do you wake up? I think it gets me almost exactly to my... Um bed or bedroll or whatever. Cool. I'm like almost. And I'm on just on the floor. I'm on like the floor. Yeah, you're on like a pile of clothes like, or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Yeah, you're really sore. Um, you yeah. know, all of this has really taken a toll on your body. Um, but you seem to be in one piece. It doesn't seem to have been a dream because you have some vials that I don't think right. have gotten smashed in the in the exchange. Um, and you've got that little piece of mural. Yeah. Okay. Well, in that case, I am going to, um, so th- I have a question. Yeah. I have one last question before, uh, I do my closing scene. The snake yeah. that Vester contacted yeah. me with, can I put a message into yes, it? Yes, you can. So I put a message into the snake that just says, Vester, my beloved business partner and friend, I have much to share with you. Awesome. And I send it on its way and I sit back. And I, like, play with the vial a little bit. Oh, cool. And I look up to the sky, and I just whisper, post haste. (laughs) Oh, that's lovely. Ah, thank you. I love that. (laughs) Oh, that was so good. (laughs) Yeah, it was, you know... A little weird, very emphasis on the mm-hmm. discovery. Um, I hope I hope oh, it was really... a reasonable amount of plot for you. <laughs> I loved it. I loved every minute cool. of it. That was super cool. Oh, I love your oh, character, Darcy. <laughs> oh, I oh she's so great. I yeah I, I I liked her when I was making her, and I just fell in love oh, with her. Man. I really liked. Oh, uh, I, I I feel like we we didn't really get a chance to. I feel like there's a really good epilogue yeah. where we see her like. There's a really good epilogue where we see her, like, helping out people in the community with a renewed vigor. Yeah. Because I think that she definitely learned from that, uh, and from, like, all that, like, meeting Nyoxal and stuff. I think she kind of learned a little bit of, like, compassion. A little bit more of, like, understanding of, like, her role in things. Awesome. But I think she does, she is making every effort to return as well. Awesome. Super cool. (laughs) Darcy, thank you so much for coming on Party One. This was so much thank fun. Thank you so much for having me. I, I loved it. Oh, oh, the new and era works really well with one. Yeah, I think it does. I would play this again in a heartbeat. Um, I really would as well. Yeah, Darcy, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with things. He's great. <laughs> He's pretty good. Take a future me. Thanks, past me, and thanks again to Darcy for coming onto the show. That was so good. I absolutely loved that. Be sure to follow Darcy on Twitter at Darcy L. Ross. Follow Montico Games on Twitter at Montico Games, and check out Numenera, a link to which can be found in the show notes. Then, while you're on Twitter, follow this show at Party of One Pod. Then go over and like it on Facebook at facebook.com slash partyofonepodcast. And if you absolutely love the show, the best thing that you can do to help it is tell a friend. Whether by a social media shout-out, a nice iTunes review, or just playing it in the car as you go on your summer road trips. Every shout out that we get every person telling a friend tremendously helps the show accomplish bigger and better things 
and warms my heart. And wouldn't you want to warm my heart? And the other thing that you can really do, if you're interested, is come on to the show. I'm always looking for cool new people to play cool new games with. If you're interested, shoot me an email at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. Party of One is produced by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. This episode edited by Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Ran featuring the D&D Sluggers. Until next time, party people, thanks for listening and remember, future events such as these will affect you in the future. Yeah.